Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman, and today I'm so excited because it's a first for me on Empowerment Radio, and firsts are always good. They're always a little, ooh, but apparently I was reassured it's going to be all fine, just relax, and so I do, and I'll tell you in a minute what the first is. But I want to do a little shout-out for my social media account, Instagram, because there is something that uh, I want to share with you, which is how I find, despite all this craziness that's going on right now in the world, always a way to find myself grounded and centered. And for that, I have five friends that help me with that. And if you want to find out who these five friends are, and how they do that, just visit me on Instagram. It's Dr. Friedman, and you can there see also some inspirational quotes and videos and all the good stuff, but also a little bit more about my life. So that's a shout-out that my business manager told me I have to do. Then check off. Let's move on. So I wanted to share with you today something that is so fitting for Empowerment Radio, which is how to find the strength and the wisdom to get back up in a transformed and empowered way when you have been brought to your knees. And I think this is a year where we could say maybe the nation or maybe globally, we are about to be brought to our knees. For many people, this is like a collective rock bottom in so many ways. It's the virus, the financial and economical uncertainty. It's, you know, the whole issue about our environment that we pretty much kind of put aside and don't talk about. It is also that what's coming to the surface in regards to racial injustice and all that what was wrong in our society that is now coming up to hopefully be addressed and changed. There is a lot of potential And at the same time, there is also a lot of pressure. I talked to a client of mine who lives in New York, and he's British, so he could actually leave the country and go to London, visit his elderly folks, and and he had to quarantine and all that. But he said the moment he was in London, London, it's not necessarily like a little village in the Swiss Alps, but the moment he was in London, he felt there was so much weight that had been lifted off him. There had been not in his mind, the realization under how much stress he was. Not necessarily particular about something, it was just this energy that we are all right now surrounded by. And we are all feeling that tension, that tension that, you know, every day somehow brings us into that state of chronic stress. And so the guests that I have today, 
They are the masters in how to use whatever life gives you, whatever challenges you're facing. And those challenges these two were facing, they are, to be honest, tremendous, horrific, whatever you want to call them. And I admire deeply what they did in response to those challenges. And one thing they did was writing a book. And that book is called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And I'm talking about my two guests, Dr. Alan Laika and uh, Harriet Tinka, which are live from Canada with me. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much, Friedman, for having us. It truly is an honor and a privilege for being here. Well, the privilege is mine to have you as guests, so I'm so glad you found the time. Now, in order to understand the real weight of this book in a positive way, what it really gives the readers, we also have to know your story. And I'm sure you're getting tired of telling the story because you have, like you told me, (laughs) done already 80 podcasts before. But, you know, I think it's so inspirational to hear what you went through. And so maybe, Harriet, you can start and, and just share where was your rock bottom? Oh, you bet. I'm happy to share my story with your audience. Now, even today, it's still surreal for me to even believe that I'm a domestic violence survivor. So here I was, an international model, walking the runways full of confidence, yet I was a stalker. I was a victim of a stalker. Mm. Now, my story begins when I just retired from the modeling industry. I decided to take a break from the industry and just focus on my formal education. So I went and I registered at the university and it was just at the university when I befriended a fellow student, having absolutely no idea that his attraction to me was like a psychological trap disguised as love that Mm. later on would end up being deadly. Wow. Now it was, and that was your typical domestic violence. I was your typical victim. I mean, I was your typical victim of uh, violence. I had, I was young. I had absolutely no idea what the signs of a, a, an abusive relationship was, but yet I was vulnerable enough to trust him. So as I got to know him, he started being very violent. He was yelling and screaming and he was very abusive, but then he would apologize. So I thought, oh, this is good. Life is back to normal. But then it went on and on and on. And it got to a point where it was very, 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 I was afraid of my life. So what I did, I went and I talked to the police and I told them what was going on. But they said, Harriet, there's nothing we can do because nothing has happened. The only thing we can do is give you a restraining order. And what a restraining order is, it's a document that separates the stalker from coming near you. So I thought, okay, if that's all I can get, I'm happy to do that. So I did do that. I got the restraining order and I was quite happy because I thought now he's not going to come near me because of this restraining order. So it was one evening I was at the university studying for my studying and also preparing for a project that was due in a couple of weeks. And I looked at the time and it was late. So I said, oh, I better go home because it's getting late. I packed my bag, started walking to my apartment, which was only five minutes away. And it was in the elevator 
And I was busy looking for my keys. I wasn't really paying attention. So I walked into the elevator and all of a sudden I had somebody grab me by my neck and squish it really tight. And it was mm. him. He said, how dare you get the restraining order against me? Don't you know that I'm the only man who would ever love you? I have unconditional love for you. So when I, he said that, I was screaming and he got quite scared. So he took off his shoes and took the, the socks off his feet and stuffed, stuffed it in my mouth to silence me so that I can so that he can do whatever he needed to do with me. So he grabbed me, put me in his vehicle, and he started driving off. As we're driving, he's yelling and screaming and telling me how dare I do this and that, not listening to him. So he's very abusive. So as we're driving, all of a sudden, we ran into a telephone booth. And he looked at the telephone booth and told me to get out of the vehicle and go call my parents and say goodbye to them. Because this would be the very, very last time that they would ever hear from me. And I looked at him and I said, no. So he said, okay. He was very upset at my no. I need you to, I'm going to ask you again. I need you to get out of the car, go call your parents and say goodbye to them. Because in the back of my car, I have a knife, a rope and gasoline. I am going to tie your body with a rope, cut your body in pieces and put gasoline all over you. Are you going to call your parents now? I looked at him again and I said, no. And that really upset him. The second no was not good. So he reached over the glove compartment, he took a knife and he stabbed me two times on my left leg. And there was blood gushing everywhere. So even today, I have absolutely no idea how I came from that point in that vehicle to the hospital. So when I woke up, there was a doctor. You blacked out? I blacked out. I still don't know. Wow. Maybe one day somebody will hypnotize me and I'll remember, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so when I, when I woke up, there was a doctor and my father, and in the waiting room, there was a police and media. So the doctor told my father that because of the damage on my leg and the, the bones were broken, so he said, chances are I'll never walk again. Or if I do walk, it'll, be, it'll take a long, long time. So when I had that news, it was so shocking because... Here I was, an international model, walking the runway full of confidence. And now I was depressed and I was a cripple. So the only thing that wow. separated me from the confidence and the depression was my trauma. So I started feeling sorry for myself, saying, why me? How could this happen to me? I'm a good person. You know, you go through those emotions. And I knew I needed to start healing. Questioning myself was part of the process. So I started getting my physiotherapy and it was one afternoon in the hospital. I was in the waiting room waiting to get my physio when a little girl came in in a, in a wheelchair full of energy, so happy and enthusiastic. And I, I was in that moment where you don't want to talk to anybody, but she was so full of energy and she kept talking to me and then asked me why I was there. So I told her, this, I told her my version of the story in a way that a nine-year-old could understand. So when she heard my story, she said, wow, you should really go out there and share your story. And when she said that a nine-year-old, I wanted to know what exactly she was talking about. So in her family, they use stories. They say stories stick. You need to use stories to impact other people. And then I asked her why she was in a wheelchair. 
So she told me that it was not too long ago, she was just, her parents were driving to a, a recital and there was a drunk driver that hit head-on collision. So now her parents had passed away. She was motherless, fatherless, and homeless. Yet she had so much energy. She was so grateful, but she said she was just grateful that she was still alive. And when she told me her story, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, my story is nothing compared to her. But then life is not about comparing stories. Life is really about what you do with what happens. So at the time when she told me, I didn't really know what she meant, but life is about connecting the dots from the past. It was later on that I figured what she was doing. So I started my own company called Empowered Me, which is about empowering young people to be the truest version of themselves. So, and uh, I met Dr. Laika when he had, uh, he, he sponsored an event called the YWCA Women of Distinction. And what the event was, it was about recognizing women in the community, trailblazers who had done differences in the community. There was astronauts, there were scientists. And for me, I was nominated in the category called Turning Point. And Turning Point was a, a category where what you've done with your life to make a difference in the community. There's about 15 people who were in that category, but I was honored to be the recipient of that award. So I was excited wow. and I was happy. And I got to meet Dr. Laika, who was the, the sponsor of the big event. So when I met Dr. Laika, I actually, I invited him for lunch and I paid for lunch. I like to remind him <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, was you still a lunch? <laughs> uh, still over lunch, but we've had many, many since. <laughs> <laughs> so during our lunch meeting, we talked about, he shared his story and I shared my story in detail. And we said, perhaps one day, we should write a book. And that was four years ago. And here we are, we wrote the book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And Dr. Laika's story is just as traumatic, but he also very, very, it's a happy ending. So Dr. Laika. Well, I am just blown away by also how you got inspired by this little girl and how she was like your little angel that really got you to be this amazing woman that you are now. And by the way, for all the, the viewers and listeners, you are now running ultra, ultra, ultra marathons <laughs> of 80 miles in 22 <laughs> hours and not in three or four days. This is 24 hour, uh, 22 hours or under 22 hours. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is just a story of complete transformation and turnaround. And I know that Dr. Laika's story is exactly as inspirational so we will take a quick break and we'll right back <laughs> you. Coming to you live on TransformationTalkRadio.com is the brilliance ultimatum. Time's up with Claudette Rowley. Powerful conversations, practical innovations, and transformative solutions as Claudette and her guests delve into the possibilities and what she calls reality resistance. Join the cultural revolution and annihilate obstacles. Check it out at CulturalBrilliance.com. What would you do with the power of community? How do you create your own rituals? Tune into Living Your Gifts with me, 
Susan Huff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit LivingYourGifts.com. That's LivingYourGifts.com. For stimulating conversation and keys that will change your life, Tune in to Dynamic Destiny with Coach Pete every first and third Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join Pete to get clarity for your calling and practical wisdom for results. For more about Coach Pete, visit PeteCoaching.com. That's P-E-T-E Coaching.com. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken, but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence. Focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Inner Traditions. You can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. Welcome back on Empowerment Radio. I'm here with two just mind-blowing, amazing guests. And we just heard the story of uh, Harriet, who survived a horrific, uh, well, you could say near-death experience of being stabbed by an abuser and uh, how her life transformed and how she is an inspiration and a mentor for many young women and uh, how she also Met Dr. Leica. Now, Dr. Leica, you have also certainly your own story of transformation. You went through a deep valley and came out like the shining phoenix. So tell us about your story. Well, I'd love to, Friedman. Uh, you know, my story started back in 2003. And, you know, back at that time, I was walking, I had a very busy year. I was a top cosmetic doctor and I was doing a lot of new and innovative things and I was tired. So I decided to take a vacation in Disneyland with my wife and my youngest daughter. You know, it's the happiest place on earth. So that's where I decided to go. And it was the end of a hot, sticky day in spring break, which is in February. And my wife turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hun? You know, that was from the blue. And for once in my life, I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. So I didn't know where that was coming from, Frida. But she persisted. What's wrong? And I said, what do you mean, dear? I, I, I don't know what's wrong. She said, you're, listen to your foot, she said. Well, my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot drop. It was slapping on the pavement with each step I had taken. 
Mm. Your brain is designed not to let that happen. It automatically lifts your foot with each step. But my brain wasn't functioning that way. So my wife said, did you have a stroke? I said, of course not. That's not how a stroke presents. If I had had a stroke, I would have been lying on the ground right now. Well, then she said, you know, when we get back, you better get this checked out. So, you know, being a good husband, I knew that I had better get it checked out. So I did. So I got back to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I had a lot of tests done. I had CAT scans. I had brain scans. I had PET scans. I had scan scans. And you know at the <laughs> end of the day, Friedman, what they showed? Nothing. Absolutely correct. You know, they showed nothing. Absolutely nothing. The doctors were befuddled. They thought I had a brain tumor or they thought I had a slip disc, but they found nothing. So, you know, when doctors find nothing, they look more and more and more. So at the end of the day, I probably had a billion dollars worth of tests. I thought I saw thousands of doctors and I ended up on the doorstep of a world leading neurologist. A neurologist is the guy that's the brain doctor. He's the guy with all the answers. He's the guy because of his training that could put the whole picture together. So I walked in, I said, hi. He said, hi, Dr. Laika, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. And I say, what's wrong? I have a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And in six months, you're going to be dead. Get your affairs in order. Wow, that was a nice introduction. So I shot back, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, an autopsy. Jeez, he had a lot of bedside manner. Where yeah, did he study? bedside manner that there was. I tell you, he was as mean and as crowly as they could. So I shot back, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. But you know, Friedman, when you go through something like this, you go through a grief reaction. You go through a reaction that Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote in her book on death and dying. And in that book, she wrote about stages of grief. And one of the stages is anger. Anybody going through a grief reaction is angry. They could bite the head off nails. They're just angry at the world. And I went through that as well. I went through a phase of bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if this doesn't happen. I went through a phase of denial. I tried to work as hard as I could. I said, at the end of this, I'm going to be perfect and there's going to be nothing wrong and my career and my life is even going to be better. But you know, in your heart of hearts, you know there's something wrong and you have to find that. But the worst, the worst is depression. Depression mm. is when you can't even crawl out of bed. The, the worst is when everything is black and gloomy and gray and you're just so depressed you can't do anything. And I went through that too. But Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said these are phases. They're not phases. They're little, little parts that happen. And you go through these in milliseconds and seconds. And you flip between these. And your brain just goes between these like crazy. The last phase that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross says is, is acceptance. Now, acceptance is, is good for people that are going to die. But I knew in my heart and hearts that this wasn't going to happen. And I knew the diagnosis was wrong. I'm a medical doctor, and I know doctors make mistakes. And I know that sometimes we make the wrong diagnosis. So I asked my wife, what do I have? She said, I haven't got the faintest idea. My wife's a doctor as well. Mm. But she said, you're smart. You can figure it out. You're smarter than all those doctors. Well, it was great to have that, that 
put on my shoulders, but boy, Friedman, that was a big one. But you know, back in 2003, something new was invented, and you might have heard about it. It's called the internet. Ever hear of that thing? No, never, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we could laugh about it now because it's taken over the world, and we don't know how, how we'd survive without it. But the internet was just invented then, but it was primitive. We had to get on with dial-on connections. A phone would have to phone another phone and go for 15 minutes or half an hour. And finally, when you connect, you had to use special languages to communicate with the Internet because the Internet, your computers had no memory. They just couldn't even communicate. So thank goodness I had friends that were nerds and they knew all this stuff and they were able to get me on it. And I looked up every disease that looked like ALS but was not ALS. And... I found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz, that had gone through just what I had, except he got worse much more rapidly. And he was on his deathbed when a doctor from Texas came up to see him. And he said, David, I don't think you have ALS. I don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. I think you have been bitten by a tick and you have something called chronic Lyme's disease. David was really weak and really tired. He said, so what do I do? The doctor said, nothing. And if I'm right, you'll get rapidly better. And he started him on treatment. And with one week, he was like Lazarus arising from the dead. He was able to do everything like he could before. And, you know, David was so inspired by this. He started a clinic to treat people with a disease like this. He called it the Rocky Mountain Chronic Disease Clinic. Now, I knew in my heart of hearts, I had to get in touch with David. I knew he had some answers that could help me too. So I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I got in touch with them at the Methodist Hospital, and he, he and I talked for hours. And he said, can you come down to see me? And I said, when? He said, right now. I said, David, I can't. It's Thanksgiving in Canada on Monday, and my wife's invited 50 people over. He wasn't going to be put down. He said, aren't there any planes in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> So I talked to my uh, wife, I apologized for not being there. And she said, of course you must go. If this is going to help you, I'll take care of things. So I got on a plane from Edmonton to Denver. It was a great flight. And then I got on the flight from hell from Denver to Colorado Springs. It's only 15 minutes long, but it's late in the day. And the air comes off the desert and causes eddies, which causes the plane to drop over and over and over again. It would climb and drop and climb and drop. It's like the wild mouse. It's like a roller coaster. It's like a Ferris wheel. It's like the drop of doom at Disneyland over and over and over again. So, I mean, everybody who gets off that plane gets off green. And I crawled off that plane. And there was David to meet me. And it was one of the most miraculous things. And we talked and talked and talked. And David, some, some miraculous words, he said, I think history is repeating itself. I think I can make you better. So he started me on treatment. And for over 30 years, I remained as one of the top cosmetic doctors in the world. And I was able to do everything that I was doing until I stepped away last year to serve mankind even more. Because when you go through something like this, uh, Friedman, you want to help. You want to help people. You want to do it in a way that you've never done before. You've been given a second chance, so you want to basically help where you can. 
And that's what Harriet and I have, have really realized is our stories can be inspiration for others. It can help other people in the trauma they're going through, the times that they're going through. It can really inspire them to live the best life they can. So I don't want people to think it's what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens that's so much more important. It's really about taking those pieces, connecting the dots, getting off the tar, getting up off the ground, and lifting yourself to a better level. And we hope our little book can help inspire people to do that. Oh, I'm sure it will, because it's really well written. And uh, there are a lot of, as you call them, pearls, 13 pearls inside of them that together, which I love this image, form this necklace of empowerment. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about some of those pearls. But one quick question. Do you believe that other people with ALS should also get tested on Lyme's disease? You know, ALS represents in a specific symptom pattern. And I think there are many diseases that mimic ALS. I think mm. MS can limit, mimic ALS. I think uh, chronic Lyme's disease can mimic it. And I think doctors have to have an open mind and realize that one symptom pattern can be many things, not just one thing. So people need to have an open mind and realize that there's more there than meets the eye often. Now, I think one of the morals of the story is don't listen to the doctor because <laughs> this whole idea of six months living and... Uh, I mean, I know I'm a doctor myself that this idea of, you know, you tell a patient something and you may not even mean something really harmful, but in the end you are hurting that person because they to the T will follow your instructions of dying in six months if they are not like you and saying, no, screw you, I'm going to find something better than that. And you did. So I'm so happy about this. And again, don't take everything your doctor says as this is your verdict, take it with a grain of salt and use the miracle of what it's called? Inter internet? internet? Of the internet. internet Thank you. And, and <laughs> Something like that. A third opinion and a fourth opinion and a fifth opinion. Really, yeah. it's your life and you have to take responsibility for it. Exactly. So when we come back, we'll talk about the pearls of wisdom that are in this wonderful book, How to Live a Fantastic Life. Uh, secrets to living a fantastic life. Sorry, secrets to living a fantastic life. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what your pets think about? Do you know what your pets are saying to you? Dr. Monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with Pet Communicator, Dr. Monica, each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404.
Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm here with my wonderful guests, the authors of The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And we talked about the pearls, the 13 pearls that they gathered as learnings from their experiences. And uh, so, Dr. Ellen, you you mentioned in the break you wanted to talk about the pearls and why you use that metaphor. Uh, yes, and you know, ever since we started this, uh, Harriet's been obsessed with pearls, so I can understand why. And she kept on saying, I'm obsessed with pearls. I originally wanted to put in the term golden nuggets, and she said, no, that sounds too much like fast food. I want the word pearl. <laughs> and do you know what forms a pearl, Friedman? I think a little piece of dirt or something like that. And you know, I, I, golden pearls actually exist. They exist in the southern areas of the Philippines and the Indonesia areas. And they are made by a particular oyster. And these pearls are so rare that a single solitary pearl can cost upwards of $10,000. They are just exquisitely beautiful and, and wonderful. Now, what forms that pearl? is a little grain of sand gets inside the oyster and it irritates the oyster. It traumatizes that oyster and that oyster walls off that grain of sand with this beautiful, wonderful, amazing material called luster and it makes this golden pearl because of the trauma it's gone through. And this is what Harriet and I did with our lives. Because of the trauma we went through, we we found these wonderful, miraculous, fantastic golden pearls. And these golden pearls are found in every one of us. And that's why we think this analogy, this, this is such a great imagery for everybody to understand. These are pearls that everybody should know about and really, really seize on. There's something that's inside of you. And this is what makes your life fantastic and special. I have to say, I'm not a big fan of oysters anyhow, but, uh, you know, knowing how they are amazing in that way of creating a pearl out of trauma, let's stop eating oysters. It's not really, I mean, they're just too smart to be eaten with something like a Tabasco sauce. Uh, well, one of those pearls, which you started in right away, which I thought, wow, you go for the big one. The first one is love. And, uh, and Harriet, I wanted to ask you, because you are someone who definitely, you know, got blindsided and got through the cycle of violence and, uh, and just, uh, you know, had to endure the opposite of love, but thinking it was love, naturally, you could have just closed your heart and said, you know, love, I will never give that a chance again. So what can you teach people about love and how do they get back in touch with their ability to love? Well, love in the book, there's seven kinds of love. 
there's motherly love, there's uh, brotherly love, there's uh, so many. Even for me, what the love, Golden Pearl, basically, it went two ways. First one, there was obsession love. So he was so obsessed with me that he thought that he could never love anybody else but me. So that's obsession love. That's toxic. That's not really healthy for anybody. So the most important one is self-love, just loving yourself completely. And when you're trying to, when people don't love themselves, it's usually they don't see the worthiness in themselves. And it's really difficult to see that. So the best thing usually is to show them or let them visualize to see really you have self-worth. So what I normally will do when I'm trying to talk to people who don't see self-love, I'll use a $20 bill and I'll show them who wants this $20 bill. Everybody wants it. So I'll take the $20 bill, I'll crumble it up, I'll dump water on it, and I'll step on it. And I ask who wants this $20 bill. Everybody still wants them, wants it. And I ask them why. And they say because it did not lose its self-worth. And I say, exactly, you just made my point. Because in life, you're going to be stepped on. You're going to be crumbled on. Everything's going to happen to you. But at the end of the day, you do not lose your self-worth. So you just need to love yourself unconditionally. One of the things I, I, that's sprinkled throughout our book are quotations. And one of the quotations that we have in our book is one by Reese Witherspoon. And it says, you always gain by giving love. And, you know, love is one of those truly miraculous things that you get more by giving it treatment. And that's one of the things I want everybody to realize, that this is a truly wonderful, amazing gift. Just by giving love, you get more back. Wow. Yeah, and I think giving is expressing love as well. And I think, Harriet, you teach these young women that you are mentoring how to express love. And there are a few steps. So how, how do we do it? Oh, there's many steps. Number one, you have to, first of all, own it. Self-acceptance is very important. That's the very first thing you do. So what I will tell them is take a selfie of yourself. Look at all the features, about no filters. Look at all the features that you have and be in love with your physical attributes. Accepting yourself does not mean you don't want to change. It just means you need to own it. You need to look at yourself and say, this is what I've got. And maybe you look at yourself and say, okay, this is where I'm, I'm at. Maybe if I want to lose weight, I need to start eating healthy, which means taking, taking things out and adding more healthy things. So that's number one is self-acceptance. And then you have to go through another step, which is self-analysis. You have to see where your strength and weaknesses, what you're good at. And once you analyze all of those things, then you know where your weaknesses are and where your strengths are. So it's quite a process. I usually call this a, a 10 step. And each step we have activities that I'll show the girls, this is what you need to focus on. And then mm. once you finish all of those steps, the end of the day is empowerment. And empowerment is just a package of everything. It's self-love, it's finding a purpose, it's, it's feeling powerful, emotional intelligence. I love that. And I'm so glad that you are teaching young women who often don't have uh, a mentor, who often just see social media as the guiding force on how they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to look like. Uh, and having from you, who obviously also said no, Uh, in your modeling career to, you know, having to be a certain way and having to ha have a certain weight and so on. I mean, you were very strong and I'm not playing that game. Mm 
I think your voice really matters a lot. And uh, I'm so glad that they have you to learn from you. So, so yeah. Anyone who wants to work with you, how can they find you? Well, they can log on to my website, which is www.empoweredme.ca. Just forward empowered me with ed empoweredme.ca. Great. Now I wanted to, let's have a quick break, just a, I don't know, 30 seconds break. And we'll be right back because there are other of those hurls that I want to talk about. Oh, you bet. Disease, one of the most dreaded words in our vocabulary. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know traditionally we have viewed disease as a degenerative process? Disease is better understood when we view it as disease in the human body. Disease means without ease. Health is not merely the absence of disease. It's when every part of the body works together effortlessly, relaxed and at ease. It's that relaxed state that lets energy flow in waves through and around the entire body. Every organ has an electrical charge, and when overcharged or undercharged, disease occurs. And it is an effort to go through our day. We are able to determine the exact disease of the body and design a specific solution to correct the nutritional imbalance. Contact us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Are you ready to transform your life and embrace magical experiences? Talking to Tannis with your host, Tannis McRae, is here to help you find your joy in life. Tune in live every first and third Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let's awaken your experience and create the change necessary to take back your right to choose who you are. For more about Tannis, visit TalkingToTannis.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Well, in the break, Dr. Ellen shared a gift that uh, they both want to gift the listeners with. I think it's an amazing gift. So why don't you share it? You know, Harry and I thought a long time what would be the perfect gift for our listeners. And we would love these golden pearls to be integrated into your listeners' lives. So we want to give them 52 golden pearls, one golden pearl a week for the next 52 weeks. And all they have to do is text us the word golden pearls, that's golden pearls, to 1-819-717-2515. That's 1-819-717-2515. And they'll get a golden pearl a week. And for whatever reason, if this doesn't work, just write me an email at ellen at drellenlika.com. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A.com. And I'll make sure we hook this up for you. Thank you. That's just so generous. Thank you. That's exciting. And, uh, well, also, we already found your website, so thank you very much. You already <laughs> have said it because that would have been my next question. Now, I know that we have only limited time. These shows, unfortunately, are not two or three hours as they should be. 
But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Alan, is forgiveness. Because uh, it was kind of, you know, uh, yeah, interesting how you wrote as a dermatologist. And, you know, your job was, for example, to make scars disappear. And you figured out how to make emotional scars disappear. And, and I think that's one of those things you both had to do. You know, uh, all of us have scars, whether they're visible or not. They're deep down inside of us. They may start in childhood when somebody was abused. They might start when, when uh, a person is abused like Harriet was, or they might come about when a person's been caught in a fire or a blaze and have physical scars to show it as well. Now, one thing that I found that's very powerful and very important is for people to let those abuses, those, those scars go, and they must forgive deep down inside themselves. They must let that power heal. You know, when a snake bites you, it's not the snake that kills you. It's the venom that keeps on going inside your body that does that, uh, Friedman. So I think it's very important to not let that venom kill you. So you know the way you get rid of the venom is, is to let it go. Uh, by forgiving your perpetrator, the person that harmed you, you become free. You become whole again. And f forgiveness is not left and not for the perpetrator. It's not for the person that did the harm for you. It's for you, and it helps you to get uh, to a higher level. Benjamin Tutu, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, I don't think his name is Benjamin, but Tutu, Desmond Tutu said Desmond. the following. You know, we become free by forgiveness, and it's very important to allow that freedom to happen. Uh, forgiveness is one of our special, special golden pearls. And I encourage all the readers to look up that chapter because everybody can gain from this chapter. Everybody can move forward from this chapter. It's really an integral part of our book. Mm. Well, I would love for both of you just to give the listeners that are right now struggling, that are right now facing a great uncertainty, and, and maybe just feel beaten down by the circumstances they are in. Harriet, why don't you start? What would be the advice? You know, of course, you could talk for hours on this, but what would be the one advice that you would love to give those people that right now just feel also brought to their knees? Oh, you bet. So I think we're all connected, but we're different. So just think of yourself taking a pebble and dropping it in an ocean, a lake, a waterfall. It's going to react, but it's going to react differently. So we're all connected. We're all going through the same thing, and we are all going to react differently. But at the end of the day, I want everybody to know we're all going through the same thing. We're not alone. So what I would recommend, just the one thing you can do, is just have a gratitude journal. Write down what you're going through because journaling is therapeutic and they have so many benefits. It helps with your mental status. It just helps you just feel like you're not alone. It's very, it's, it's very uh, therapeutic, so to speak. And I've used it myself when I was going through the trauma that I went through. So what I want everybody to, to know is you are not alone. Love yourself. Accept yourself with your perfect imperfections because you're so beautiful inside and out. And things are temporary. Everything we go through is temporary. Seasons are temporary. So right now, it's really not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. 
So I want you viewers mm. to say the number one thing, be grateful with what you have, little or big, just be grateful. Well, I think you had a wonderful teacher when you saw this little girl in the wheelchair being all happy, even though she just lost everything. And uh, that's definitely an uh, inspiration. So thank you, because I do believe that a thank you to just being alive is what everyone can at least uh, write into that journal. And uh, mm -hmm. that's always a, a good reminder. Thank you. And, uh, and Alan, what can you offer to the listeners that are struggling? Please remember, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And I have a challenge to all your listeners today. And that's to do something for somebody else today that you would not regularly do. You know, we're going through a difficult time. Everybody's going through a different time. And maybe your neighbor needs a little bit of encouragement to keep on going. Maybe they need to, to have some groceries and you can go to the store and get them for them. Maybe they just need a little bit of compassion or a phone call and you haven't talked to them for 30 years and they could use this as something that's very important. You know, there's something you can do for somebody else today that will make their day. Pay it forward. Do something that will really make a difference. And I really encourage people to get out there and really make this a better world, not the world we used to have. Maybe we can use this time as something of getting a better place rather than the place we used to have. I hear this really quite often, which I find so interesting that this is a crisis. Any other, I mean, you know, in my 55 years of being alive, I certainly have seen a few crises, but this is a crisis that I think so many people are not saying, oh, I want to just have time go back to before. They really say, no, this is our opportunity just to transform our society, to transform our planet, to transform how we are interacting with nature and with ourselves. So, yeah, I, I think this is really a, a transformational time. And you, with your transformational journeys, are just the perfect uh, messengers on what it takes to go from not knowing how to move forward to becoming just these wonderful shining bright lights for other people so i thank you so much for being on empowerment radio and uh, if you can just mention your websites again so that people actually can find you yes harry me, do you want to start you bet now my website is www.empoweredme.ca and Alan, you're at Dr. D R Allen, A L L E N, Lyca, L Y C K A dot com. And if you'd like her book, it's available on Amazon.com or Amazon.ca, or you can go to a site we've set up called fantasticlifebook.com. And we really like the last one because if you order through there, we can give 20% of our proceeds to a charity that will deal with domestic violence. And it will be a shelter in your area so people can get the benefits of that as well. Because at the end of the day, we'd like this world to be a better place. And we are giving back through this book to help people that have been victims of domestic violence. And hopefully we can help end it. Wow. Give us the, the number of the pearls again, because I think this is also a very generous gift, just like what you mentioned about the shelters. Yes, all you need to do is text the word golden pearls, that's pearls with an S, 
to 1-819-717-2515. That's 1-819-717-2515. The words golden pearls, pearls with an S. Perfect. And it doesn't matter. This is a Canadian number, but you can do the same number from the U.S., I assume. I believe so, and I think it goes worldwide. Sometimes these numbers are a bit funny. If it doesn't work, you might have to add 001 after the one right. or the country code. So experiment a bit. Perfect. Well, thank you. You were such wonderful guests, and this was, I think it was a record of how fast the show went. Somehow you were accelerating time which is too bad. Maybe next time we're going to slow it down. But I appreciate you very much for being there, for all your work, for your generosity, for the pearls of wisdom. And yeah, come back to Empowerment Radio. We have so much more we could talk Freeman, about. If you would like to have Harriet alone on the show or I alone on the show, we'd like to offer that to you. And also we do, we do our own podcast called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And we'd like to invite you as a guest as well. So we can I would love that. Thank you. I will definitely do that. Thank you very much. Well, enjoy the summer in sunny Alberta as uh, good as you can. And uh, I'm looking forward to reconnecting very soon. Until next time, this was it on Empowerment Radio. I am really inspired, and I'm sure you are. So do your gratitude journal. Do give and pay forward. And always remember to love and accept yourself. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.